This is Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global changemakers dedicated to creating a healthier planet. One where our unique gifts are lived, expressed, and celebrated. I'm your host, Julian Guderlei. I am here today with Bradley Morris. Welcome, Brad. Hey, Julian. Nice to see you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so sweet to have you on the podcast and have you share about your latest creation, Magic Media and Magic Kids specifically, because I know how passionate you're about it and I know how it's just the next creation that's really making the impact you, you've been dreaming of for a while. And so um, let's, let's dive in the deep end. All right. Well, it's been fun. And I think that's uh, an important thing in life is to remember to have fun. Right on, especially when creating with and for kids. So Magic Kids is a, um, a storyline of in different inspiring audio stories, illustrated books, meditations, and just anything that activates the imagination on that, that next level. Do you want to yes. share a bit more about how it came to, to be that you're a father, right? Just for everyone to, to yeah. get the context. How Magic Kids was just such a clear pathway for you to, to step into that fun, creative fuel. Yeah, it was my accidental creation this year. Um, my son Soren is five years old, and uh, he. We don't do a lot of screen time in our home. Um, we just see the way it impacts him and his moods, and his attention and personality. And so we just, you know, from an early age, we're just like we really limit it screen time. He gets a a nature show once a week, sort of thing. And so, uh, as a compensation, uh, we got turned on to audio stories a few years ago. He enjoys listening to audio stories while he's building Lego or doing Play-Doh or drawing pictures and, and just kind of fluttering around the house a little bit. And so uh, as we were listening to audio stories, uh, I was always kind of like, you know, the production's low because my other business has been Magic Media and we use entertainment as a vehicle to teach and transform online. And we work with influencers around the world and, and we help them to really amp up the quality of what they're doing and so that's been like my past and as I was listening to all these audio stories I always just found like the message isn't clear or it's not empowering enough or the production quality is low or it's just like as a parent you know because our kids like to listen to the same thing again and again and again I'm like this really isn't fun for me <laughs> so there's yeah. all these things but about 15 months ago uh or October 2020, I guess it was. Um, I have a men's group on my island and we get together every Tuesday. And basically our rule of thumb is, is whatever guys show up on Tuesday night, choose what the adventure is the following week. And uh, in one particular, they were calling for bad weather and we're like, let's write a children, everybody write a children's story in a night. So that was our, that was our intention for our, our men's crew our adventure that night. And, uh, and I wrote this story um, called The Master's Apprentice. And the idea behind it is, is there's the wizard named Gizzard and his apprentice named Lentis. And uh, it's a story of self-mastery and of what it takes to really go from good to great in life. And I had so much fun writing the story. And the next day I woke up and I was like, I want this to exist in the world. And I've been down the traditional publishing path. I understand that if I got published by a company, it's going to take at least two years to get to market. It's also going to take, you know, they're going to pay me maybe six to 10% of book sales if I go the traditional route. 
so both of those things felt like roadblocks to me. I'm like, I want this out sooner. And so I hired my assistant to do like a month of research. She got back to me. She's like, this is really hard. I'm like, that's not a good enough answer. So I hired another friend uh, who was in the self-publishing industry and he did a couple months of research part-time and got back to me with some options. I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then I hired uh, a friend of mine, Ellie, uh, to be our publishing priestess at uh, Magic Kids. And she basically helped me to finish the research. And in the last... Well, while all the research was happening, I got hooked on, on writing stories. And so I've written six stories as well as like a feature length, 90 minute Christmas story called Joy to the World that I co-wrote with Albert Strasser, one of the other authors at Magic Kids who also have six stories coming out. Uh, and he's one of our illustrators. Um, and in the process, basically like it, as an entrepreneur, it's very rare that you get one green light after another that you take the next step and the door opens automatically like it's just an open door and i found with magic kids every step i took towards the vision the door just opened really easily and so i just took the next step and then i figured out what i had to do next and you know i made the business plan i raised some investment capital i was three for three on raising investment capital we grew our team from three of us to 18 people in five months. Wow. We like, you know, we, we wrote and produced 13 stories. One of them basically being a movie for the years a 90 minute screenplay for the years. Um, we illustrated 13 books or we have them in process right now, depending on when people are watching and listening to this all within like six months of us being like, getting the capital, getting the green light and going. And, uh, and so it was just like so many green lights just told me I need to do this. And the joy I was experienced, uh, and the collaboration with my son, Soren, like Soren is literally the creative director of magic kids. Everything goes through him. We get a story idea. We put it through him. He proofs all of the audios when they come in their first draft. He's a voice actor. He approves all the illustrations. He helps us choose the book covers. Um, you know, he is, he's a big part of this. Uh, he emceed our, our launch event that we did in December. Uh, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing that I can come into my office here and do my work and he's usually working at his table down here, illustrating pictures and listening to audios and offering feedback and getting excited about it. He's taking full ownership. And uh, as a family that homeschools our son, it's a really cool way to see him taking ownership and pride in something at an early age. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's such a cool experience. It really, you know, the, I usually set my intentions at the beginning of the year, and this was not even in my mind at the beginning of 2021 that we were going to launch a publishing and production company for kids but here we are <laughs> yeah, six, six six months later 18 people hired uh, well 12 months later from like the launch of the year of it but wow wow yeah it's been a good year I, I love i love hearing about the green light all the way part the, like the following alignment and then when it happens doubling down right buckling yeah. up keep moving, make it bigger. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means when we completed the next obvious step and we 
we're ready for the what comes after that it was just a green light whether it was finding the right people hiring raising the money figuring out the publishing avenues like sorting out the tech it was just full of green lights it was a lot of work it was a lot of stress but it was wonderful because of the the momentum that we felt behind us to get all this done you already touched on that a little bit because of the audience right so there's a co-creative aspect with your son but then there's also the like creating with him and also for him which um, yeah yeah can i'd I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that because i don't have children yet and you know um you and i have been friends for years i I knew you before soren was in your life and i can i just know how much he's impacted your life and the way you show up as a man and as a creator in the world yeah i mean for me having him puts me in touch with my own child self and uh having this this platform to channel that childlike energy and creativity and joy is just it's such a delight as an entrepreneur who have mostly been working with uh, leaders in entrepreneurship and spirituality and uh, business and so getting to do this thing that it is literally just um, pure creativity for the children to activate their imagination, their curiosity, their courage to remind them and their parents of the magic that exists in life. And so when you're constantly focused on making magic in the world, magic is just a part of your day-to-day life experience. And that's ultimately what it has felt like for us is, is we're getting to live and embody and cultivate this magic in our relationships. And now that we're now that the company's live and we have stories out there, our audio stories and our physical books, and we're getting all of this feedback from parents and from their kids. I mean, it's just like, as a creator, I couldn't imagine a more rewarding and delightful thing to, to be getting feedback around is like, you are lighting up our family. Our kids love your stories. Like, it's just, it's the best ever. Right on. I mean, talk about a self-fulfilling prophecy if you call a company magic and if you surround yourself, those of you that are not seeing the, the video version of, of this but are in the audio screenplay as you named it brad there's also a really big magic media uh, logo in the background in, in bradley's office and yeah so you're calling it in and you're living it every day and so you it's it's pretty simply a self-fulfilling prophecy of allowing that power that uh, that serendipity of the universe to to just be your fuel in every in every aspect of what you're doing. It's quite yeah. lovely. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I I dig I dig that vibe. That's that's for sure. Um, in terms of that process, you know, you you told us you were in the beginning. It was in your men's group. Side note, therefore, for everyone who who heard him say, my men's group on my island. Brad lives on an island called Salt Spring Island uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I don't think he owns the island, but he lives on it. And um, very fortunate. Men's group, rainy day. You guys all sat down. You had so much fun that you were like, "This is something that needs to exist." Yeah. Where was the first point when you, you know, looked into publishing and you had someone research self-publishing? Where you're like, "This is for sure. I'm going to double down now and um, make this happen." Was there like an, another moment where where you had to really choose? You know, because as you said, there there's lots going on in any in any year, and in 2021, you didn't even have it on your list to create this, and now you're 
you built basically a company and you're already enriching the life of, of parents and kids all over the place. Uh, timelines feel fuzzy right now because it's all been kind of a blur, but I, the very day after that night, uh, the, the seed was planted and started to grow. And, uh, I tried to just like, I was busy with my jobs and all that sort of stuff with magic media. And I didn't really have time to give it much thought other than like the occasional five minute browse of the internet of like how to publish our books. And, uh, it was probably a couple months after that night that we had a little bit of a slowdown and I was, I got my assistant page. I was like, Paige, just spend the next few weeks, like researching self-publishing and how to automate it and how to get this going. And so she did, and she came back with a lot of bad news that it was going to be more difficult than I was hoping. And so then I was like, okay, I have to hire somebody that has experience in this. And so, so basically at that point, been... you were already doubling down. Cause you're like, yeah. even if she says it's difficult, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to go. So I think it was like between January and March or April of 2021 was when I hired my buddy, Matthew to do a bunch of deeper research and actually like, here's the companies that can help you do this. And here's how much it's going to cost. And here's your prices and all the things. So I started to like formulate the business plan. I think I wrote the business plan and pitch deck around April or so. And then I hired my publishing manager, Ellie, uh, in May to get her started because I, I was starting to get like books going. We hired our first illustrators around May or June. And then all of a sudden we had eight illustrators working with us on the first bunch of books and we hired two designers and, and grew a big team. <laughs> we got a big team, musicians, designers. Uh, we've had, gosh, we've probably had 15 to 20 different voice actors for all of our stories. Like the idea uh, behind the audio stories is not just like somebody reading a book. Um, yeah, yeah. We've really immersive we, experience. One of our sayings is all the fun of story time without the screen time. And so mm. um, we make them like movies for the ears. And that was actually something that one of Soren's little buddies, Rumi, told us. Uh, we always test the stories out on him and his friends once we get them fully produced with the music and the sound effects and the, the voice actors and all that. And we piece the stories together. And so one day I was driving Rumi home and we put on one of the finished stories. And then we turned it off. And when we got to his place, I was like, Rumi, what do you think? He was like, wow, it was like a movie for my ears. <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> you're going to be amazing one day at marketing. Uh, so that's, that's one of like that. That's kind of the benchmark of what we're trying to do here is that kids don't have to have their faces glued to a screen. They can be bouncing around the living room. They can be driving in a car on a road trip. They can be you know, making food with their parents or doing dishes or Play-Doh, Lego, whatever. Like Soren does so many different things. Yeah. Uh, and we also have this space called the Magic Kids Club where we have activity books and conversation starters where families can um, talk. We give like conversation cues for families to talk around the dinner table or while they're driving in a car about the concepts of the story so they can learn about each other. Uh, and, and parents can learn what their kids are thinking and kids can learn about their parents' perspectives and just create these spaces sharing. And then for every book we publish, we also have uh, a coloring book version. So we give some samples in the backs of the books that every illustrated page inside of the books, we also have a coloring book version of it. So uh, kids can literally be listening 
and coloring at the same time as a way to just like embody imagination and creativity while they're enjoying a story because kids need stories they just don't need the screen time that comes with stories Mm. that's a that's a really good distinction they actually don't need the screen time and also you know having been in, in touch with with many parents over the last years and being involved in different initiatives to bring groups and schools together um this has been a recurring echo that there is a bit of a void in the conscious story universe um, for, for kids and stories that, as you said at the very beginning, create that bridge that you as a parent um, are also equally involved or embracing it rather than just like, okay, there's, uh, there's this kid song again. <laughs> Let's hope yeah. we can turn it off in 20 minutes. Yeah. So like, yeah, you stepped into a place where, you know, where there's a void, there's usually a desire for something else to, to be birthed. Um, yeah happy accident happy accident i want to know a bit more about the happy accidents that are actually magic and yeah. your relationship with them because i i know you over the years as a really hardworking and dedicated guy but i also know your the amount of fun that you love to have and you mentioned it a little bit earlier that fun is part of why we create in the first place so maybe you know you've called your company magic media since several years now and, and, and created um magic and like just highly professional output so i'm curious about that synergy between fun and magic occurring in your life and in your business life and also in 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 that context maybe you know what it's what it's not because we're not talking about only having fun all the time and otherwise when we're going to bypass and not show up do you do you mind like going into that a little bit because that synergy i think is what a lot of people are calling in and yeah more of well, I, I feel like there's a bunch of reasons. I mean, I've been, I've been an entrepreneur since 2005 and um, the, the hard times in my early years of entrepreneurship, well, I was beginning to find my own spiritual path, um, really showed me that entrepreneurship, just like yoga or meditation is also a spiritual path. And so of, of, had the philosophy for a lot of years now that uh, what I create is an extension of who I am and the world I want to create. And so the idea of doing the best work I possibly can, the most professional, the most creative uh, work that I'm able to bring out into the world, like those are, those are extensions of like my being. And, you know, obviously we're always evolving. Uh, Magic Kids is an evolution of what I was doing back in 2007 when my friend and I had a, a video go viral called the Gratitude Dance, which ended up leading to speaking tours. Like everything that I'm doing with Magic Kids is the sum total of everything I've done through all of my other entrepreneurial endeavors. And so I've had this idea of ABC, which is always be creating, because if we're always creating, we're always improving, we're always learning and growing. And our next work is always going to be better than our last work. And so with, with what we're doing at Magic Kids, um, you know, it's this fine balance of pain and pure creative expression and joy and uh you know every book and every story we create you can't even imagine how much work goes into it to write the stories edit the stories 
uh, prepare for production, cast the characters, score the music, edit them. So they become this like eight to 90 minute masterpiece in the end. And between each stage of seeing the final product is a lot of pain but through the pain, it's like the polishing of the soul. It's like we get to, we refine ourselves and we refine our craft. And then we get to the end product and we see what all the hard work and the dedication and, you know, everybody on our team, whether it's the musicians or the designers or the illustrators, like they've all been walking their path for a long time. And this is a vehicle for them to show their mastery and in, in their piece. And, you know, as the creative director and, and producer of all that we're doing here, my job's not to tell people what to do. It's to give them a canvas from which they can create their masterpiece and to help pull out of them their greatest work, their greatest next work. And hopefully the one after that's even better. And so with, you know, what we're doing in Magic Kids, the, the, the fact that it's for kids brings this like purity and this innocence that we all get to step back into as grown adults that you know a lot of us in some point in our lives our adult lives many of us have left behind that artist part of ourselves that is just creatively inspired and joyfully creating for the sake of creating and this feels like a beautiful excuse to do that and we've created a business model that hopefully in time proves to be something that can work that we have illustrated books and we have a affordable magic kids club subscription for like extracurricular activities. Um, and then I guess the other piece is like we're trying to really create a livelihood for our artists and so we're also the first fair trade publishing company. Um, we wow. pay 50% of every sale uh, goes towards our writers and our illustrators. And the next branch of Magic Kids that we want to build is Magic Kids Music so that we can bring conscious, uplifting music to the kids of the world as well. So um, that's a long-winded <laughs> answer for the question you asked. All part of the fun, though, and that's what creates that fabric of, of, of fun that then enables magic. So it, beautiful answer it's fulfilling you know the fun parts are fulfilling and we do like you know when we get in the studio to produce the characters and we're like getting in the booth and we're we're doing the voiceovers we are literally laughing to the point of crying uh you know when we when we get together and we're writing stories and brainstorming or we're we're working with our illustrators to help storyboard the the characters and imagine the worlds that they're going to exist inside of i mean it is it's a lot of fun it's a lot of hard work but it's also fun you're mentioning a really really core uh piece of you know of this interview series which has always been around purpose and how to find it and embody it and step into it and so everything you're sharing with me in this interview screams that you're living walking embodying your purpose right so for the sake of everyone listening who's who's maybe not entirely at that place um what would you define purpose as and then in, just share a few more words of how how easy it has become to just be in that every day based on this passion and this fire that you have for it i think i've been living my purpose for a long time of, and and I think the way that shows up for me is is whatever I'm doing 
I'm enthusiastic and I'm excited about. And I, I mean, you've known me for a long time. I've had a lot of projects that I thought like, this is it. This is what I'm here to do. And that's because that's exactly what I was here to do in that chapter of my life. It doesn't mean that's what I was here to do for the rest of my life. And I think, uh, you know, in my 20s, I definitely had this idea because I, you know, I started at entrepreneurship and I was like 21 years old or 20 years old. And so I always thought the next thing I did had to be the big thing that I was here to do. And instead, it's more like everything is always just going to be this ongoing evolution of who I'm here to be. And so I think if people uh, can take a step back, and this was something that I did uh, eight years ago, because I found it, I, I found, I always put a lot of pressure on myself with my six to 12 month goals. And instead, uh, Celeste, my wife and I, before we had Soren, we took a step back and we spent a full month in uh, conscious conversation and ceremony around intending our next 10 years. And it was such a breath of fresh air to just take the pressure off of needing to be somebody who we weren't yet now so that we were them in six months from now. And instead it was this like spacious vision that we could grow into and it allowed for whatever crappy job we were doing or whatever struggles we were going through. It allowed for us to understand that this is just a part of the journey from getting to where we are to where we're intending to go. And now it's been seven and a half years from that point in time. And we have a vision board by our bed uh, that we made a collage and we wrote down all of our visions on the back of it. And we've had that in front of our bed for seven and a half years. And we could literally go through and check mark probably 60% of it, at least 70% we've lived or are living. And, you know, there's still more to come. And I would say like, if we, if you can just take time in your life, whether it's over the holidays or book a week off and literally get so intentional about that 10 year vision of who do you want to become? What do you want to do? What do you want your life to be like? What do you want the people around you to be like? What kind of community do you want to live in? What kind of environment do you want to live in? Uh, what impact do you want to have in the world? Like these are really important questions that you can't answer in a 90 minute period of time. You need to like give yourself space to breathe and be with those questions and journal about them and write about them and intend them. And then like creating some form of visual, like to me, that is, that's been the reminder during the hardest times when it's like, we get to the end of the month, we pay our bills, we have nothing left over. And it's like, we're starting from scratch, but starting from scratch with all of the experience, all of the assets, all the tools and the relationships that we have previous to that. So we're actually higher up, even though we're at zero in the bank, we're actually way higher and further along than what we were before because we've been walking this path towards this vision. So it's walking towards right a clear there. vision. That was gold right there. I think lots and lots of people uh, listening will know that moment when you measure your progress with what the bank account says. But your bank account can be at zero, but you've actually stacked integrity of following that purpose of the moment. And you stacked moments of integrity towards your own becoming. And so you're not at zero. You're actually like building momentum at like seven out of 10 already. And that's just where the bank is at, right? It's just one. Yeah, you can't, can't put a dollar point on it. Yeah, yeah, right on. I love, I love this answer. 
Um, well, I have two more questions for you, Brad. And one of them is very much focused around kids and um, education. And I know that we could have a whole hour long conversation about that alone. Um, but, you know, just, just diving into it a little bit. Um, my question is, if you were to revolutionize the education system, which I mean, effectively you kind of are, um, what would you do? What, what are some of the things that are just like non-negotiable clarities for you as a young father and the way you maybe perceived school yourself? You're like, this and this and this needs to happen. This is how kids actually learn. Uh, one is full presence from parents. Parents need to be fully present with their kids, get rid of the screens, get rid of the cell phone, the texting, the messaging, and be fully present with your kids for as many hours a day as you possibly can. At least one parent, two if you can. Um, next is mentorship. Uh, kids being with older kids and kids being with elders and older people. You know, Soren's five and he's been practicing martial arts for a year. And his, his good friend and teacher has been practicing martial arts for 50 years and has six black belts and is an amazing teacher and friend of Soren who Soren really respects and looks up to. And I see the way uh, Eisen is his name. I see the way Eisen's wisdom and life experience just automatically transfers to Soren just from Soren being around him, that Soren changes as a result from simply hanging out with Eisen. That Eisen hardly even needs to teach. They play, they talk. He does teach through through playing, but just the mentorship of like that that one to one relationship, that friendship that they've cultivated over the years. Uh, I see the way that impacts them. And I think kids need more elders and mentorship than just their parents. Uh, and I think the, the third is, is parents need to be extremely aware of their kids' curiosities and their kids' passions and interests and support them in every way they possibly can. Instead of like trying to get your kid to be something, you support your kid to be who they are. And that's, you know, that's been our experience that we try to do every single day with Soren is just support him to create an environment um, for him to, to be exactly who he is and to support him in all the ways that we can to learn about the things he's interested in and just help him along that path. Because I feel like, you know, each and every kid comes here with their own unique blueprint of who they're here to be in the planet. And as parents, it's our job not to tell them what to do, but to support them to be that. You're here. Uh, such a great, concise answer. Like, uh, lots to learn from, from you and what you've been, what, what you've been yeah. putting into practice. No, I, the cool thing is with you specifically, I, I know your journey with that. And I know your journey of integrity with, with coming into just a relationship with that truth, right? And so it's really powerful uh, to be the interviewer here today and to listen and to hear you speak these things that have become like, you know, just, just like the back of your hand, just something you know really well because you're walking it every day. And for many parents that are, you know, in my life or my clients or my friends, um, it's the hardest thing is to be fully present with your kid and, and actually not default on the screens, right? It's, it's not necessarily simple to create mentorships and relationships that are outside of the conventional frame. 
but it is what actually moves the dial. I mean, if we think about anything we learned in our life or I have learned when I think about what I've learned, it often has to do with the amazing people I've surrounded myself by yeah. and just, just being present, just observing, watching, listening, hearing how they see something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a time for villaging up these days, you know, the, it's a wild world and, and we need to find our village and uh, whether you live in a city or the countryside or whatever, you need to find people that you trust, that, that you respect, that your kids can grow up and, and trust as well. It's, it's such an important thing. And we lose that with social media. So I don't do social media is because I, I want to build a real village in my real world where if there's an earthquake or if my family has health issues or something that I know there's people around that are going to help or that I can also be of service to. And when kids see that, they feel security. You know, they feel secure knowing that, that there's other people around than just their parents that love them. Uh, and it's, it's, taken it's a lot basically of a definition of uh, healthy relationships or interdependent relationships, right? I mean, codependency uh, is one of the, the core layers of the social contract that we're all here to go through, move through and change and evolve. And so if you're creating a linear relationship between child and parent only, or, you know, many of us know this from our love relationships too, where it's like the, the exclusivity of being each other's everything is kind of in the way to continue to make sovereign choices as who we truly are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it leads me to my last question, Brad. And that is, you know, you, you kind of started going into it already, but it, it's my pursuit and my, my, my curiosity around what's, what people see as a seven generational legacy. And so in your own words, um, what's the dream for the planet you have? What's your earth vision taken into account that you're an ancestor for future generations? A place, I mean, for me, it's, it's that we're one humanity, that, that people can love and respect one another and that all the children can play and that the adults can play and, you know, clean oceans, clean air, that we come to a place of respect and harmony with the earth and with nature and that creativity can flourish and that healing can happen and reconciliation for past wrongs that we no longer hold present generations accountable for things that past generations did that didn't know better and that we can find a place where where humanity can flourish and blossom like i believe we're designed to do that's what i want it is I want to drink from the rivers. I want to grab my cup, go out to the river and just dunk it in there and drink some clean drinking water. <laughs> yeah, that's the most pragmatic way to express exactly what you just said. And it is such a testament to how we treat the planet, each other, ourselves is the purity of what mother nature uh, provides us and, and see the integrity of that purity. Brad, this was, this was a, a, an action-packed 40 minutes. I'm super excited for everything you shared and um, just want to really acknowledge you for the way you show up in the world, for the way you show up for your family, the, for the way you create with fun and magic. It's very apparent. It's very real. Um, 
it's palpable and and so um, people won't find you on met on, on instagram or on social media as much because you don't do that but um, i will link out magic media and magic kits so that that's what they can find and that that's what you know leaves a trace thank you so much uh for just having the space and for all the amazing conversations that you're having with people that are really here to change the world and create a brighter future for everybody um, and just so people know, in case they're Google searching it right now, magic is M-A-J-I-K kids.com or media.com, whichever one you want to go to. Oh, thank you, Bradley. Thank you. It's been fun. <laughs>